episode of A Lazy Saturday, where uh, Jordan and I have just been chilling. It's the end of my spring break. It's kind of the first nice Saturday of spring, and we're kind of just kicking back and spewing some organic topics that come up as we speak, and uh, we'll see if you like it. Yeah, um, this is going to be the first time of this, like Julian said. Um, Hopefully it flows well and you guys get something out of it, but thanks for tuning in again. Yeah, so the first thing I just thought about addressing is something that has to do with social media and the Facebook Cambridge analytical scandal that's kind of been going on and some of the, I don't know, insider memos of what's been going on with Facebook and, you know, the public's reaction has been pretty interesting over the past two weeks, I think. Yeah, definitely. I feel like people are now becoming more aware of what these big tech companies are doing, um, especially with the data that we allow them, oh, excuse me, allow them to have access to. Um, and I think it's kind of a scary realization for people that might have put a lot of trust or have a lot of integration with Facebook. Yeah. And I think too, I, I didn't really realize it until this happened, but I started looking at some of the permissions that different apps have on my phone and like, you know, you download an app and it's like, do you allow this to do so? And so I don't really read it, but I was looking through, you know, Facebook's permissions and I saw a thread on Twitter about it, but basically all available permissions for Facebook were on, which I thought was interesting. So like microphone, camera, storage, location, contacts, photos, um, SMS messaging, calls, um, storage and a few other things. And I, then I was going through my other apps and realized that some of them only, most of them use like two or three permissions. And I found it very interesting how much stuff, you know, we've allowed Facebook to use of ours. Yeah. I personally, um, I've never had the Facebook app, uh, just because, um, those permissions are quite pervasive. And now I think people are seeing it. But I mean, a lot of those are understandable. Of course, you want Facebook to, you know, have access when you want it to to your camera or your microphone when you're recording video or taking pictures and stuff. And then obviously your gallery, your pictures and storage. But yeah, like, you know, your call log, your SMS text messages, things of that nature. Um, that's where I kind of draw the line, like uh, for it to be necessary for me to use the app. Does Facebook need to know? my conversation with somebody that I was texting. I absolutely don't think so. And that's why I think uh, we have such a big problem with this is because such a huge foment on Facebook's part of, you know, abusing the trust that, I mean, I think unjustly was given to them. Yeah. And I think if you don't really, if you aren't really, you're listening, you're not really sure about what has happened. It was just basically Cambridge Analytica. Is that what it is? Analytica. Um, they just had access to a ton of data, third party data from Facebook and direct integrations and used it in different like electoral camp or from electoral campaigns or used it or, um, and just were accessing a lot of information over time because they were given a brief stint to use some of it for research. Um, as Facebook does sell some of its data just for small research or demographic testing, et cetera. And then, it, you know, people finally found out and, you know, some whistleblowing was done and it's, kind of turned into this huge thing where Zuckerberg is really covering him, trying to cover himself and his company. And I think it shares or it's like financial situation has dropped a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, I've been paying kind of somewhat closer attention to their shares just because I'm around that a little bit more and look at that stuff on uh, usually a daily basis. And they've dropped a little bit. Um, the market is um, in a weird kind of moment right now, especially reacting to some interest rate things and other things as well. Some macro and geopolitical stuff. So they did drop. Um, but we'll see how that goes as far as, you know, long term effects. But I think the the worst part about this um, thing is that Facebook sat on this stuff for about two years um, before somebody told on them and then they fessed up. So it's not like they just came clean. It's it's like they were exposed to come clean. Yeah, then uh, they tried to make their privacy stuff a little bit more open. And so someone who uses an Android-based phone um, downloaded all their Facebook data, um, which gives you the option to do that if you crawl through Facebook. It usually used to be kind of a process, a little easier now, but um, downloaded all their Facebook data, had an email to them, and it had literally every single text and call they've sent for the past like three or four years in the Facebook app and outside of the Facebook app and then like access to emails, um, photos and all this different information like different check-ins and locations even if it wasn't in the Facebook app or you know if they weren't signed in. Uh, I found that found that kind of odd. I don't know what I would do if I saw you know download all my data and saw it had all the times that I was sending text and you know the calls or you know duration of accounts with these people etc. Yeah, uh, I'd be very, very alarmed. And um, kind of a side note on this, uh, for those of you, because I have an Android phone, um, for those of you who do have that and are wondering, you know, you still want to use Facebook because you want to, like, keep in contact with people, but you obviously can't message anyone without Facebook Messenger. What you can do is go into the Facebook app, and when you get there, click on um, Enable Desktop Mode. And then that basically gives you a backdoor to have access to your messages and stuff and message people back without having to log into a computer or uh, download the Facebook app or the Messenger app. Just if you don't want to let Facebook have access to that stuff, because if it's just on your Google Chrome, you know, web app, then as far as I know, they don't have permissions. Well, at least Google Chrome doesn't have permissions to view my messages or call logs so that facebook website that they're accessing for me wouldn't either yeah and it's also too like a lot of this information is pulled if you have instagram like facebook owns instagram so there's a whole nother source of all the photos you're liking or photos you're commenting or people you're following in that same sense so it's not like just to facebook to you know all facebook products um overall just have seen this weird i guess that's kind of the trend in society is like finding all these you know, how we really are connected to things or how technology is, you know, creating these relationships or storing this data on our, you know, virtual selves or more so real life selves now at this point. Yeah. I mean, you think about it and not just with social media, but, you know, in general technology, the just about probably I would say at least 60% of the people well, about a hundred percent of the new phones nowadays have fingerprint scanners. So what that means is that your phone 
has access to your biometric information as well, not just your, you know, who you like to contact or where you went last Saturday or anything like that. They also know exactly what your fingerprint looks like and can pick that out of a billion people. And nowadays, you know, they have biometric information on your face as well with, you know, the iPhone 10 and yeah. other phones as well. So it, it doesn't just... Um, the rabbit hole doesn't just stop at, you know, your likes, interests and who you keep in contact with. It's actually now becoming a physical manifestation of you as well. Yeah. And I think speaking of the archaeologists, we are, I feel like in a few years, people, you know, if we're around or whatever, people will find old cell phones. Maybe people do time capsules and take their battery out and put their phone and battery next to each other. So eventually when someone finds it, they can charge it up or plug it or however things work and see what was going on back there. Um, and kind of staying in that, that realm of fossils, uh, Toys R Us is filing bankruptcy or closing. Um, and I think I, you mentioned like what had happened or some of the reasons that were going into that. Um, yeah. So doing some research myself, the reason that they are going like out of business is, because they couldn't find a, a buyer for their position. And the reason why they needed a buyer is basically so they um, Facebook or not Facebook. Uh, Toys R Us had a hostile, I would say a hostile takeover by an, a private equity firm. And so basically like uh, a play, a business bought Facebook on leverage. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. I, wow, I'm stuck <laughs> on that. So they bought Toys R Us on leverage, just like you could buy a home. Basically, you know, you see this house that you like. In this case, the house is Toys R Us. And you're like, I don't have that much money to spend on this house. How can I do it? So they basically leveraged out Toys R Us itself to buy it. And then what happened on that case, Toys R Us had this huge debt because they put it on their balance sheet and it couldn't generate enough like income or do enough things especially with debt covenants and stuff like that that would allow them to keep running and so what happened was they were like trying to find a buyer to get out and kind of keep it alive and they couldn't so now you see Toys R Us is shutting down and the worst part that I'm annoyed about is that it's one of those closings that aren't really liquidations and the fact that there's not any big sales going on. I was talking to my coworker about this. There's not any big sales going on on Toys R Us just because I think what's going to happen is those companies like Hasbro, Legos and stuff like that, instead of just like liquidating all their stuff and saying like, just get rid of it. Um, what's happening is they're probably going to take their stuff back from Toys R Us. So that's why you don't see like crazy deals or anything. You could imagine that Toys R Us might have some decent deals, but really underwhelming so far. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I guess I never even thought about them taking back their product. Cause side note, Jordan and I uh, took a trip down there a little while ago when we heard the news and I mean, it was a little preemptive, but it felt a little odd being, you know, middle, middle aged, whatever, (laughs) young adults going through there and kind of going through some childhood, you know, looking at toys like you did in childhood and stuff. And yeah, the deals were pretty underwhelming, but I know on the first day they did their deals, they either pulled some of the deals. So there just weren't any, they just advertised that they were going to have any. And most of the deals were like 5%. So, I mean, they could jump up to like 30%, but I agree. They'll probably just, you know, take some stuff back. What is your favorite toy you can think of 
while we speak about toys. Um, so my favorite toy that I'd currently be down for uh, could be like a lightsaber. That's always cool. Um, you know, like it's always like what I was super into was like those little inflatable things that you can like punch kick and then they like oh. pop down and they come back up. Those were always cool. Whole cans were dope. Uh, I would say something like that. It sounds very like physically violent. <laughs> you know, you hit people with lightsabers, you kick this thing and you punch people with whole cans. But I think those were my like MOs. Yeah. How about you? Um, I really like the, like the world wrestling belts, you know, you can't do anything with them, but they look cool and you can walk around and claim to be the fame of whatever you've won. Either that, I mean, we already have the belt for the fastest archeologist, but, um, some other stuff I liked, I really liked power wheels, you know, little electric or four wheel little car things. Um, uh, we took a look at those while we we're in Toys R Us and, I really like the Nerf hoops. Maybe that's what I'll get. Like, if I can get one for like seven bucks and just put it, you know, stock up on a couple so they'll be in offices eventually or wherever I'm going, uh, I think that'd be pretty sweet. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Those Nerf hoops are, I feel like, underrated, especially just, you know, messing around or just having one. What I found was crazy. So I visited some family out of state and they had a Nerf hoop in their like their bathroom and so you could just kind of like shoot hoops when you're <laughs> taking a dump that's cool yeah that's it i mean that nerf hoops were i mean as basketball players those anytime you saw one it was on so that's just how it went and um i think that can roll into our next you know lazy saturday topic of um what do you think about quantity of life versus quality of life so like I think we, we touched on it before outside of the podcast about like, does me not eating Pop-Tarts save me, you know, a good amount of years or am I just incrementally saving like potentially two weeks? Yeah. So I feel like I have a very odd perspective when it comes to that because I think that quality of life is a very loose term. So I find quality in... And it's going to sound really weird, but I find quality in suffering as well. So I think that if I wasn't challenged or didn't suffer in some way in my life, that it my quality would decrease. So like for me, uh, I've been on this like kick where I've been like very strict with my diet and I'm a veggie or pescatarian right now, which means I'm a vegetarian that eats fish. And so like I eat like, you know, like a bag of vegetables for like lunch and dinner and I minute minute fast. So I don't eat anything for the breakfast or anything else besides those two meals. And I mean, it's not like, you know, the best thing ever because it's not like (laughs) salmon dinners or anything like that. But I think that quantity and quality can be synonymous depending on your perspective and viewpoint like granted like you know if you think quality of life comes with eating pop tarts whenever then you know it might be different as far as quality or like quantity goes because you eat pop tarts for the rest of your life you're not going to live as long as if you probably took your like cleaner care of your body um but i would say uh, over everything you 
don't have much of this life anyway, even if you had a lot of quantity, like perspective relatively wise, you know, um, 78 is probably as high as you're going to live on average. I think that's even a shooting over it being males. Um, so might as well enjoy your life while you can. I mean, you could cross the street without and never eat a pop tart again and then get hit by a bus. So how is that quantity? (laughs) That's true. And I think to me, when I think about quantity of life or quality of life, like if it's saving me two years or whatever that is in those two years, I'm, you know, it's two extra years say I was like in a, you know, a wheelchair and unable to do what I wanted to do. Like at that point, I know if it's really quality of life as opposed to just living. Um, I think there's a, yeah, there's a balance between those two. I think obviously there's some things like smoking or narcotics or, um, you know, putting yourself in, you know, high stress situations often, which I mean, some people thrive on, um, is obviously not beneficial in the long run. Um, but I also do think like not limiting yourself to like, I can only do this, this, and that for the rest of my life. I think that takes down on the quality of your life. Cause you're just missing out on some opportunities or experiences or like, even if you're on a straight, like you don't drink soda. Like I feel like in that small, there's a small chance where you're on a beach just relaxing and you find it's not, maybe it's not a soda, but it's some sort of sugary drink. Like that adds to the experience. I think I'm more so experience of life than I am, you know, quantity in, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's definitely relative because it just depends on what you're into. Cause if you're like, you know, if your quality of life is hiking every day or, you know, jumping out of planes, then your quantity as far as that life goes, is probably very limited, you know, as far as like, think about it in sports. If quality of life for me was playing top level basketball, the quantity of that life is very limited in the first place. So I think it's a very relative term is in the fact of like, there's different phases of your life as well. So, you know, if one ends and you might not be able to do something, the next time in your different phase in life, just like, you know, here's something random I thought about, uh, your quantity of being able to play high school sports is limited to four years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. You talk about different phases of life. I guess this is off the side. Um, what do you think triggers these different phases of life? Like some people go from like super professional to like, off the off the grid or off the land or like um super spiritual or you know just have these dramatic life shifts what do you think causes that um well it's very i would say it's very personal depending on like you know on everyone but i would say if i could like break it down to like this is if you did this you might (laughs) have like you know experienced this it's probably like some sort of suffering i would say in the fact that they were so uncomfortable in their situation that they were forced to change it up in an v- extreme way. And I feel like naturally people don't really like change because uh, it's not comfortable and it's almost like a biological thing. Like, why would I want something that's unknown? That doesn't sound cool. Yeah. Or like, you know, as far as like my body's reaction to something that I can't predict or is out of my control. But I think that's why is because people are in 
mentally in a worse situation than if they were doing something totally opposite, yeah. you know? If you could see your, you know, that a phase coming where you flipped the lifestyle you're doing, what, I mean, you could pick anything. It's obviously, obviously a theoretical question. What would you be doing? What would be the, uh, what is the other Jordan doing? Um, so I took some like serious time and really considered this and did a, like a little bit of research on it. Uh, I looked into like Shaolin monk training for like three or so years, uh, going out of college and, uh, you know, like looking where it's at, reading about people who've done it, asking questions to those people, things like of that nature. And so I think that if life was very different and I'd be doing something very different, I would have like gone and chased that a little further than I did. Ah, interesting. Jordan, the monk. I mean, I do, from my perspective, now that you say that, there's things that you do that I could see that correlate with that side of Jordan. Maybe that's post-retirement Jordan or like maybe... Maybe that Jordan does exist in some timeline, you know? Like, yeah. I The thing is, though, it's like it's very physically demanding type stuff that they do. So, like, I'd have to be in physical, like, top shape. And one thing I was, like, told myself, you need to work on this before you go. Because uh, I did a lot of research is my flexibility is is not up to par. I mean, I'm, I'm bigger and stronger than the average person that would be going there. Um, but my flexibility, I wouldn't even be able to hold those guys like tunics or whatever they were. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, how about you? What would you be doing? You think in another life, what would I be doing? You know, that's a question I, I don't, I haven't thought of. I mean, there's hobbies and things I've looked into maybe in another life I would have, uh, I don't know, maybe became a writer or like focused on writing a book. I mean, that's still a possibility or maybe I would have become an artist or try to learn how to draw or, you know, have that be my passion or, yeah, it's kind of tough to say. I mean, maybe I'd be more of an extrovert than an introvert, you know, um, and maybe I'd be more friendly with people outside of my friend circle. I think it's just a... I don't know. Like maybe that thing will, maybe that will be my change as, as I get older, there'll just be some random change that I, you know, I fall into. Um, I'm not really sure what it is right now. Cause I, you know, obviously enjoy what I'm doing, but there's so many possibilities and things. I feel like every day I read an article or I read something and be like, wouldn't that be cool to be an actor or like, wouldn't that be cool to be like a director or a producer and like all these paths that I'd want to take. And I mean, obviously I don't have enough lives unless, um, I channel the spirit of a cat, but you know, that's something I could do in the future too. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's funny that you mentioned that, uh, one of my most conflicted times ever, uh, in my college career, uh, oddly enough, and this is going to sound very ironic was my last term of college. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what I want to do anymore. Uh, because I happened to take a acting class and literally that was my most favorite class I've ever taken. And it was just like so novel and different and so cool that I was just like, what do I really want to do? <laughs> and I was also, I took it with a buddy who was in there before me and I kind of joined late and we talked about it because 
I'm, I was at the time finishing up my economics and finance degree and he was going for his a biology degree. And like we talked about that and like it was mentioned on both ends, we saw like, dude, this is amazing. What are we doing and what did we decide to do? Granted, I mean, it's crazy competitive. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough and you have to have like a lot of grit to make it. Um, but that was, that was one of my times where like, that's what reminded me of you saying acting. Do you see what I think of that too, is like you said, you had an economics degree. So you're looking at a very structured analytical standpoint and you move over to acting, which is, I mean, in its own, a lot of work, but there's a little bit more freedom of, you know, developing your character or, you know, understanding the story or how the plot line moves. Do you think that on the other side, there are students who are, you know, training in theater and arts that go over to, you know, the business or financial or economic side or science based side and like, this is awesome. Like, or do you think it's more like, wow, this is a lot more structured and streamlined. Like, I wonder what that, that conversation's like. Uh, I think the, you're right in the aspect of the grass is always greener in some aspects. Just like I was talking to that teacher actually when I was heading out and leaving and, uh, I mentioned it. I was like, this class is so much fun. I like, it makes me stutter on what I really want to do. And she asked me my degree and uh, obviously I told her and she kind of laughed and said, well, you have a lot more funner weekends than us <laughs> saying like, there's obviously the trade off of, you know, this thing is so fun and like, it's awesome, but it's also super competitive. You don't get paid that well at first until you like kind of make it really big and you know, like, so everything has its downside. So somebody that could be like an actor or like come from that type of family and just be like, Oh, this is what I want to do. And then kind of stumble in an economics class, which obviously is filled with just passion and just (laughs) pure ecstasy could flip it up. So if you could choose any character all time from, you know, a movie, a book, a video game and act them out in a TV, a web series, TV series, movie, independent film, whatever it may be. Is there any act characters um, that you would choose just like in a, in a moment's notice. Um, yeah, I would say for all of you video game guys, big boss or even solid snake from the metal gear solid series. Uh, it's kind of confusing because they are one is big boss has a clone son and his name solid snake. So that's why I say this, <laughs> you know, intermittently, but I, I would probably choose that like those two characters just off the top of my head in video games, just because I think they're so cool and I feel like be such a badass. they're spies. Yeah. So they like taking out people, you know, saving the world and stuff like that. Um, so I would have to choose those two, but I'd also love to play a villain. I feel like that would be the epitome of a good time yeah. is to just be in this character and be in this body of just not giving an F or even more so caring to destroy something I think is, I don't know why, but yeah. I think that's kind of cool. How about you? Um, I'm a big cartoon guy, so I would probably go, I wouldn't mind being in the Scooby gang. Uh, or the mystery gang. I wouldn't mind being in there. Maybe, you know, I don't know if I would be like a character. You look like a Daphne. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'd either do that, be a character in there, or be an additive character in there. 
Um, I wouldn't mind being Dexter from the series, the real series, Dexter, um, which was, I think that dude's super cool. And maybe, um, I'd like to fuse Idris Alba with James Bond in a role, which would be pretty cool. I think, uh, to do if I, you know, that opportunity was ever presented or I was ever in that, you know, my other life was doing that or something. Yeah, uh, Idris is the man, and there is a time that I was pissed. I think you were like you saw me get like actually upset because he was doing all the things that I thought were so cool, and the fact that he trained to do an MMA fight, uh, and then also uh, like trained to drive race cars and stuff. And I was just like, if this guy's. <laughs> doesn't stop stealing the things I wanted, like the really cool things I want to do in my life. then I'm going to have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, uh, that wraps up the first episode of uh, a lazy Saturday. I hope you guys enjoyed kind of the more mellow pace to this one, or maybe learn more about us or, you know, learn some more information about whatever, or maybe just start thinking about things. Uh, as always, you know, thanks for listening. We're on all the platforms. I mean, you can find us. Yeah, thanks guys once again. Uh yeah, next time.